Welcome to Philip's Japanese Journal, a show about tracking my journey through a year of learning Japanese with the help of video games. This is month zero. So there are a few things in me to be outlined with this pod. And the goal of this pod is primarily selfish. It forces me to be more accountable for my studying. It helps me provide a way to kind of like reflect on my learning journey. So hopefully for you, dear listener, you can use this pod to either shape your own learning journey or just enjoy the ride with me. So let's see what our goals are. My current goal is not really fluency. That's not something that I don't think is really feasible for me right now. But I'm just targeting a level good enough for kind of basic comprehension. Like I just want like almost like the next step above survival level Japanese. Like for example, I want to be able to play most games like Ace Attorney or Danganronpa. Like even like a, a puzzle slash visual novel style. But be able to understand and enjoy the experience and actually complete the title because I can't imagine trying to complete Danganronpa without understanding the language. It'd be really hard. Oh, and another small disclaimer at the top as well. I am not a Japanese teacher and I do not know Japanese. I say this in case you, dear listener, are interested in the language and you decide to kind of follow my path. I'm not an expert in any way. So a little bit more about me. I'm Philip from Gaming Together Cooperative Podcast. Odds are you're listening to this in that feed. This is my little sideshow going over my experience learning Japanese. So a quick little outline. Uh, I'm going to be releasing this pod probably around the start of each month, maybe within the first week or so, depending on how fast I get through the recording and editing. And each episode is going to just kind of cover my Japanese activities for that month. And I'll kind of go into detail about each aspect I'm currently working on the last month. And my cat is attacking me real quick. Oh, and if you're interested in how I'm actually tracking this, I'm using a combination of Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, which is like a business productivity tracking tool, and just like Google Sheets and Docs and stuff like that. Hold on, the cat is attacking me. There goes all my coffee. And I am back. And my cat decided to send my whole iced coffee straight to the floor. And we're just going to move on and just live with it. You know, that's that's life sometimes. So I don't think I'm going to get into why I actually want to learn Japanese in this episode. I think it might be too long. So I'll save that for a little bit later. So let's just get right into the aspects I'm going to be learning from or involved with. So number one, gaming and Japanese. This is my primary goal for this year. This is basically the the apex of what I'm working towards. I want to be able to, you know, play all these games in their native language. I don't remember where I read it, but there was like a cheesy line. It's like, if you want to play pro basketball, then you should probably go to a basketball court and start playing. So that's kind of just what I'm doing this one. Like, I want to play Japanese games, so I'm going to play Japanese games. Like, that's a good, good place to get started. So my goal for this last month was at least one hour of gaming a day, and I hit it. Uh, looking back at it, my average that I hit was a long an hour and like one minute or something like that. So I just barely scraped it by. So I think I'm actually going to need to bump up my goal to like maybe an hour and five minutes a day or something like that. Just to increase 
my total amount of game time because I think I can do more. But of course, I don't want to get burned out. So I'm going to raise my target to like an hour and five minutes. One of the three most played games I played this month was Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Tactics Ogre Reborn, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. So Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I had this game on the shelf for a while because I knew I wanted to save this for my first, the first playthrough of this game to be in full Japanese. I am glad that I waited. At, at this point, I've total, put in a total of 18 hours, and it's a very solid game. And I think it's a very good pick for beginners in Japanese if they're just getting into it. As this game is, like all the Japanese you're actually going to encounter is mostly just text-based with very few voice cutscenes. And everything is like at your own speed because you got to press, you know, press A to continue type stuff. So it gives you time to actually read each line. And all the dialogue you encounter actually has Furugana on top of it, which except for the items in the inventory, they don't have it in there, which isn't a big deal because the inventory items usually have like a picture associated with it. So just like the mushrooms or the wood or something like that or arrows. Oh, and dear listener, if you're unfamiliar, Furugana is like a small kana written above kanji to inform you on the pronunciation. It's helpful for beginners because it gives you like a quick way to look up unknown kanji. And the font on all the text in the game is pretty large and very readable in handheld mode on the Switch because that's where I do most of my Switch gaming is handheld mode. My only complaint is that there's no pausing during the voice cutscenes. So I kind of struggle to comprehend or even keep up with these scenes, but oftentimes these have like full animations. So you can kind of piece together what's happening throughout the game. So this one's actually a going very well for me. I think I'm comprehending a lot and making a lot of good progress. Uh, my next game I've been playing a lot is Tactics Ogre Reborn. Uh, I was planning on playing Tears of the Kingdom all the way through, but my daughter really wants to play too, so she keeps borrowing it. So I had to pivot to another title. I put in about 16 hours at this point into Tactics Ogre. And first off, like I've never played a Tactics Ogre game before. So or any of the Ogre games in the in the whole series. So I wasn't really sure what I was going into. I knew it was like a tactical RPG. So even in Japanese, I'm able to drop in and just get going and get playing. And I love the art style of this game. Like the way they have like the painted anime figures with the pixel art in the background of the like the lower pixel characters whenever you're actually in the game. I love it. I think this game is really good. And also the dialogue is fully voiced in every scene. Every bit of like dialogue from any of the characters all has full Japanese voice acting, which is insane, I think, because I think this is a remake of like a either a Super Nintendo game or like a it was imported to P it was like PSP or something. And then that can't finally came to Switch. So it is crazy how good the voice acting is in this. My problem with it, though, is the font is really small and hard to read. Also, another struggle is this game. They aren't really afraid to speak in a more old-fashioned mode. It's not that I'm well-versed in Japanese to be able to identify when someone's throwing out like a, a thou or a forsooth or something like that. But when I look up one of the words that like somebody says, because I'm like, oh, I don't know this word. I better look it up. My dictionary will say that this word is like, super rare like it's outside of the top like 10,000 used words it's never used it's niche it's archaic it's probably never going to come up outside of specifically this type of setting of like castles and dragons and stuff so that's a bit of a struggle 
I'm thinking I might need to put this game on hold till my skills develop a lot more, or I might just keep playing through with it and just come back around and play it again once I get a little bit better. And then my final game this week is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Okay, I was initially pretty hesitant with this title, as it is not a Japanese-made game. It's, it's more like a... Well, it, it's made by Square, like your producer or whatever, but it's made by a American team, I think? I'd have to look it up. But it actually has full Japanese localization. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, I'm only going to play games with Japanese developers, producers, writers, but I don't think that's really worth it in the long run. Like, I feel like if the main form of communication, either audio or text, is localized to Japan, then it's good enough for me to play. Like, I'm not that prissy or picky. This game does feature also direct subtitles linked to the audio. And I mentioned direct subtitles because it matters and it can be a problem in some situation. Like, I say direct. Like, for example, uh, League of Legends Arcane series on Netflix. Great show. Uh, it has full Japanese audio and subtitles. But the subtitles are based on the English version instead of the Japanese version. So there's a lot of kind of inconsistencies. Like, if you're using them kind of as a study source like I am. Because I'll be going, like, line by line, listening to the audio, reading the text. It's almost like it's reading to me type deal. And the voice might say something like, uh, my father told me it. And then the, the subtitles, instead of saying that, say, I heard it from my father. Which both basically mean the same thing with different syntax. It gets really annoying fast. But Tomb Raider does not have this problem. And the game is mostly action sequences with very sporadic cutscenes. Uh, I'm worried that I might be progressing in this game because of how gamer literate I am. Opposed to Japanese literate. Because I played the first one like 10 years ago, back whenever they rebooted the series. And this one seems to be nothing new gameplay-wise. I, I feel like I remember a lot of it. Uh, I've put in about 5 hours so far. How long to beat? Somewhere around like 14 hours. So I think this is going to be an easy clear for my 12 games challenge. And I think I'm just going to keep sticking with it. My goal is now an hour and 5 minutes a day. And I'm thinking I can stick with it through the next... I don't know, month, and then we'll come back and see how we're doing. Next up, studying. So, why study? You know, there's some people that can go out there and just spend 17 hours a day watching Japanese VTubers and then coming away knowing some vocab. But that's not me. I really need direct definitions explained and grammar points repeated until I know them by, like, heart. So let's just get into some of the tools that I've been using to learn Japanese. Uh, like in the last month, I spent 13 hours using JPDB, which is the Japanese database. And this is the first time I'm kind of mentioning a SRS system, so I'm going to kind of explain that here. So SRS, or a spaced repetition system, uh, this is a very popular in language learning and other fields, I guess, too. Basically any field where you need to learn massive amounts of data. Uh, in this regard, it is one of the most efficient ways to learn large data sets like vocab in Japanese. Uh, in Japanese, for like 95% word comprehension, like if you only want to know 19 out of 20 words, you don't need them all. You still need between 9,500 to like 12,100 words, depending on what kind of niches you're reading or involved with. Like if you're only reading novels about high school, you don't need as many words than if you're watching 
sci-fi animes like Gundam. Like you can kind of vary it based on what you're like niched into. So let's assume that I'm trying to learn like 10,000 words just as a target. So that's going to take a long time and a lot of practice to remember all this. This is where SRS comes in. With an SRS program, you can kind of limit your study based on what you need at that exact time. Like imagine we have a flashcard for the word dog in Enu. If the program then asks me this card and I get it right on the first try, the program will then predict when I'm most likely to forget the card and then show it to me right before that week. That could be like a week from now. It could be the next day. It could be whatever. So, and then if I get it right again, it'll just the due date even further based on my forgetting slash remembering trend for other cards. So eventually, like if I just keep getting it right, like I get it right once, then ask me again in a week, then I get it right again, it'll ask me again in a month, then I get it right after a month, then ask me again in four months, and then I get it right in four months. At that point, it might even think like, oh, this guy's never going to forget Enu. He can just not ask me for a whole year. And then after a year, I come back and I get it right first try, no problem. Then it might never ask me Enu for like multiple years at that point. And that is the beauty of SRS programs is that it gets rid of the easy ones super fast, the ones that you're never going to forget. That way you can then just focus on the harder ones. Now back to Japanese database or JPDB. I'm probably going to mess up that acronym a lot. Uh, this is an SRS website that groups flashcards together based on the media that you specifically select. And then it feeds you cards based on the occurrence rate in that media. For example, like uh, when we get to the reading section, I'm currently working through a web novel called Priestess. No, the bear does it. A separate world purification journey with a cute and fluffy bear. Uh, for the rest of the bottom, I'm probably going to refer to that title as like Bear Priest or something. Uh, but in Bear Priest, the most frequent used word is cookie, which is the name of the bear in the title. Uh, JPD, JPDB knew that I would need this word. So it taught me, like, first thing, Tommy Cookie. Uh, the best part about JPDB is that if I learn Cookie in Bear Priestess, then it will not reteach it to me if it comes up with another deck. Like if I switch to the Full Metal Alchemist deck and it thought I needed the word Cookie as well, since I've already learned that word and already been practicing that flashcard, it won't teach me to that first thing. It's probably going to teach me the word for Metal or something like that or Alphonse. Uh, it keeps your progress across all these decks so you can focus on the words that you actually don't know instead of words that you really don't need to know. So in Bear Priestess, I currently know like 429 words, which is only 15% of the 2,793 different words used. I know that sounds bad. Don't worry. It may seem like a terrible number, but this actually gives me 77% coverage. And all this data is provided in JPDB. So with 77% coverage, I can comfortably pull 10 random words from the, the novel, and I'll know odds are at least like seven of them. And this makes it possible for me to read without constant lookups. That's why I love the Japanese database so much, is that it can fine-tune exactly what you want to study. The next thing I've been studying with is Rinchu. Uh, I've spent about six hours in the last month studying with Renshu. Not a lot, just kind of popping in and doing a couple of flashcards and letting it go. Uh, Renshu is another SRS tool, but it comes with an app, which JPDB does not. I wish it did. And dear listener, I know you're probably wondering, 
Why do I bother with another SRS tool if I already have one with JPDB? Well, dear listener, Rinshu is a bit different than our other SRS tools, mostly because it has multiple choice built in. So, for example, like in JPDB, I have cards that are specifically checking for me to actually write out on paper the kanji and the meaning of terms when they pop up. On Rinshu, I have more multiple choice so I can actually be asked harder things and I'm actually able to answer them more consistently. For example, I'll get tested on every aspect of a word, such as the translating from English to Japanese and then back again, or kana to kanji and then kanji to kana. Rinshu is more thorough and offers more multiple choice, so it's significantly easier than JPDB. I use it as kind of like a soft introduction to a lot of words because it like I'll learn a, I have a way bigger vocab listed on Rinshu than I do on JPDB. But that's mostly because I'm just kind of like it Rinshu is my fire hose of just all the terms, all these words that I'm just grinding through. Whereas in JPDB, that is like my focus. I need to learn this to be able to read what I want to read or play what I want to play. So it's just like a fast way to get a lot of exposure to words that I can then like focus in on later with other tools. And speaking of which, I've been using a couple other tools that I don't think are worth getting really on the nitty and gritty on. Some of my other ones, of course, are Anki, another SRS tool, Kanji Garden, which is a fun little app that just focuses on Kanji and Kanji Teacher, which is once again, just another way for me to grind out Kanji flashcards whenever it's not, they're not like do-do with one of my other systems. It's a way to just like, just do more practice. Because odds are, the more I practice, the better I'm going to get. And my overall study goal was just an hour a day. And I did not hit it, actually. I only made it to 47 minutes a day. So I'm once again going to target that one hour and see if I can actually consistently hit it this month. Because, you know, studying is important. That's where I'm going to get all my actual information from. And right now, I'm primarily just focused on vocab. Just being able to read and absorb the information. Which goes right into my next aspect of reading. So why does reading matter? So I spend a lot of time on the Japanese subreddit. And I often will see people post journals and posts just like this one. Highlighting what they did to reach their goals. It'll be like, I studied for four years to pass the GLPT level one. And I did it watching only anime or something like that. And I'm like, okay, but whatever. So assuming that these successful strangers on the internet are not lying, a lot of things they bring up is just that they spend a lot of time reading, reading everything, reading light novels, reading novels, reading manga. Apparently the more you read, the more you can learn. So my current reading target is, you know, priestess, no, the bear does it a separate world purification journey with a cute and fluffy bear. Okay. I found this book or this web novel through JPDB as it is the easiest rated novel, I think. It's like level one out of ten or whatever. It's supposed to be super poo-poo baby easy. And surprisingly, it is super poo-poo baby easy and I can read it. It is like if you don't want to read children books, I recommend you check out something like this. It's very cute. It's an isekai, so it's a person being transported to another world. It's about a 25-year-old office woman who named Sarah who gets summoned to a different world and becomes a seven-year-old girl. And in this fantasy world, her class or abilities or whatever is listed as priestess. 
but she only has a power called bear friendship. So she doesn't actually have any powers, but she befriends a bear, which is a cookie, a big fluffy bear, who turns out is actually a divine beast with the power to purify evil by instant killing all monsters and has lots of other powers too. Literally a god bear. So lucky thing, they are currently in a fantasy land that is overrun by monsters. And it's up to Sarah and her new best friend, the god bear cookie, to save the world or something. I don't know, I haven't finished it. I'm like seven chapters in at this point. But the story is very cute and I love it. It's just about this little girl and this bear traveling along. The whole bit about her being a 25-year-old woman transforming into a 7-year-old is very strange, but it never comes up again after the first chapter. But the sentences are simple. The vocab list is considerably small, very small, compared to many other stories in its category. Like That's what I love about it so much is that you will see many things repeated. Like They will talk about, oh, we're going back to the inn, or oh, we're going back to the library to look at a map. And these are words that I didn't know before. Like, I didn't know the word for inn. I didn't know the word for library. I didn't know the word for chow hall, where they go to eat at the inn. Or, I guess it's like a food room, dining room type thing, only it's more it's different than a dining room. That's a different word. But I'm really enjoying this one. And my goal with reading was 15 minutes a day. And surprisingly, I did not hit that at all. I only think I did like two minutes a day. Because I could just barely sit down and read. Reading is really hard to sit down and do for me because I feel like I'm always moving. I'm always on the go. I always have something that needs to be going. And my reading speed is terribly slow. Like at least whenever I'm playing a game, usually my reading doesn't slow me down too much because I can read it, be like, okay, I need this. And then I move right along. Whereas like reading an actual novel, that is everything. Everything is reading. So it takes me so long to move anywhere. It's hard to find the motivation to sit down and read, but I'm going to try harder and I gotta hit that 15 minutes a day. I bar- I didn't even get close this time. So this next month, I'm going to hit the books. Now onto something more fun, watching. Watching things in Japanese. So why, why am I watching things in Japanese? Mostly just because I think it's fun. I doubt I'm really learning much from watching things in Japanese, but it's a good way to see how the language is actually used. Uh, most recently, the, the biggest thing I've been watching is Naruto, which I'm not even a Naruto fan. I didn't really watch it in English either. Like, I think I saw maybe like 20 episodes or something as a kid when they were just playing on Cartoon Network. But there's a fallacy that I think we brought up on the pod where it's Japanese content seems more interesting just because it's in Japanese to me. So I don't actually know if it's good or not because I'm, yeah, I'm not a Naruto fan, but I am really enjoying my watch of Naruto. My goal was about 20 minutes a day for the last month, and I hit 22 minutes a day surprise i was able to watch japanese every day as it turns out so on to the next one listening so why am i bothering focusing on listening in japanese this is supposed to be for like audiobooks and podcasts that type of stuff if i'm going to be able to understand video games that have a lot of cutscenes and they talk have, they'll have a lot of dialogue that maybe doesn't have the best subtitles then i need to develop my listening skills i feel like more than developing my watching skills listening is very important because subtitles are not always available. Or the subtitles aren't even tuned specifically to Japanese when I talked about the direct subtitles in Arcane before. So the number one thing I'm listening to is Nihongo Kan Tepe. Uh, this is my primary podcast I'm listening to right now. I love this show. When I first heard it, I didn't really like the style. It's kind of cringy. It's kind of silly. 
but now I've stuck with it and I'm on episode like 640. This guy makes a new episode like every single day and it's simple and I can actually understand it, which I think is like the, the most insane thing is that I'm able to keep up. Not all the subjects I can keep up with, but a lot of them I can't. And he's, he talks at a good speed. I've listened to quite a few easy, I say easy in quotes, Japanese podcasts, and I usually get lost in the thread of the conversation. But this is one guy talking about one thing for less than 10 minutes. And I actually feel like I'm able to grasp a lot of what he's saying. And the more I listen to it, I feel like the more they get. I think that like I'm eventually going to catch up to him because they're only 10 minutes. I'm listening to them faster than he's making them. I am going to catch up. And I think I might need to restart and go back and see if I can actually catch on to more of the subjects I didn't understand before. So my target with listening was 15 minutes a day. And I hit an average of 39 minutes a day with almost 20 hours total in the last month. So that's, you know, I'm not at an hour a day, but I'm getting up there. So I'm definitely going to need to like increase my goal to like 20 minutes a day. I'm sure I'm going to be able to hit that as well. But I think increasing my goals to like a point that's like controllable is important that I don't burn myself out, but I do need to keep pushing myself harder. But I'm easily beating this time. Every time I take the baby out to play in the yard or I take the dog on a walk, I'm listening. If I'm just by myself, I put it in an earpod and I listen while I'm cleaning the kitchen. It's easy to just zone out and listen to Tepi talk. So those are all the major aspects I'm tracking. Now, this is kind of like a self-reflection period of like, why, why do I even bother tracking these hours? Like, why don't I just do the practice? So one of the silly reasons I do this is the 10,000 hour rule. We've talked about this on the pod before. Uh, I had to look it up because I wasn't sure where it was from, but the 10,000 hour rule was popularized, can't speak English, by Malcolm Gladwell, an author. And he suggests that achieving mastery in a particular skill requires approximately 10,000 hours of deliberate practice. So I'm developing multiple skills, as I talked about. Like, I guess you could say that all of Japanese is one skill, but I honestly believe there are multiple skills in Japanese. You could have someone that can read perfectly well, but then they can't speak at all. And so I'm specifically aiming to develop my skills in, I don't know, all of these different aspects. And if I'm going to reach 10,000 hours, I probably need to start now because that's going to take me a couple years. Now, the 10,000 hours thing is really arbitrary. There's a lot of other studies that kind of debunk this rule, saying that even with like musical instruments to become an expert, it only takes around like 7,000 hours. But 7,000 hours is still pretty high, but I want to have these quantified goals to target. Another reason, if we, I bother to even track these hours, if we look specifically at languages, the U.S. Foreign Services Institute has categorized Japanese is a level 5 language for English speakers meaning it takes around 2,200 classroom hours to reach a professional working proficiency, whatever that means. I guess that you could work as a professional if you can reach that many of classroom hours. Now, for the record, to reach the same level in Spanish, it was found to only be 600 hours. So apparently Spanish is significantly easier. Now, I'm not in a classroom, but I'm also not trying to learn to speak professionally or fluently. I'm literally just trying to understand the the input coming towards me so this doesn't exactly apply to me but it's fun and it's a silly reason to count my hours just see how close i'm getting so maybe by the time i actually reach one of these numbers one of these goalposts 
I'll actually be pretty proficient. And if you want to know what I'm at so far for the last, I don't know, seven months, I think I've been studying. It might be more than seven months. I'm at 384 hours total of just all my all my numbers roll up together. So just rolling everything together, I'm not even halfway to the 2,200 classroom hours. And looking at it, I have to do the math, but even if I keep meeting my goals for the rest of the year, I still won't reach halfway, I think. I'd have to, I'd have to do the math. I'll do that next time. But it's going to be a long journey to reach that point. I, I'm finding it hard to hit all of my study goals or all my, my time goals, but I'm really glad that I get a chance to record this pod. And hopefully the next episode can be a bit more concise without all this extra bloat and the old rigmarole. And I can report back that I hit all my goals and maybe you finished a couple games or, you know, one game. So thanks for joining me today, listener. And I'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.